Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and it's great to be back with you this week. We've been in the midst of a series on patience, but given everything going on with the coronavirus and the fear I see growing in our nation, in our cities, and in our homes, I thought it might be a great time to stop and take a short break from the patience series and talk a little bit about fear and our kids. There are many reasons to be potentially fearful today, to have a lot of worry or a lot of concern with states like California ordering shelter in place and restaurants, theaters, gyms, and public type place businesses being shut down. The concerns about the economy, the fear for our small business, all of these things are obviously legitimate concerns. But the question is, how do we deal with them and how do we handle it with our kids? It's clear from all the psychological research that fear is not a negative thing. In fact, it's a very healthy thing. It's what causes our species, humans, to survive. That fear instinct protects us in so many ways. But of course, anything that's positive taken to an extreme can become a negative very quickly, which is the case with fear. And psychology defines a fear that's gone to a negative place, moving it into a phobia, which is what we want to be careful that we don't create in our kids. Why do I say this? Because I've seen in some of my kids' friends and in some of the families I've worked in, families that have created a strong sense of fear in their kids, and that fear is holding the kids back. And I watched how as those kids got older, the parents became more frustrated with their kids because they wouldn't venture out. They wouldn't try things. They, were, they couldn't make decisions on their own and were relying on their parents well into college and beyond. And unfortunately, I've also seen cases where parents are expecting that, almost demanding that from their kids. And they've created such a fear that, that their kids contact them for virtually everything when they're away at college. In fact, one of my daughter's friends gets stressed out and worried and concerned every time she needs to pack to go home or pack to go on a retreat. She's developed such a strong fear through her family culture of just about everything. I wonder how she's going to function when she graduates from college this year. And of course, none of us wants to produce this type of outcome in our kids. So we've got to stop and look at when things are going on that are literally world-changing, like the coronavirus, that are literally impacting every area of the world, every area of our culture, every area of our economy. There's plenty of room to be worried and concerned and fearful, but we don't want to raise kids that live in fear, that are scared of their own shadow, that don't have the confidence to make their own decisions, who are constantly worried and stressed out. That's not a healthy way to live. And so one of the things we need to realize is that the research actually shows that kids at very young ages and maybe even in the womb can pick up on a mother's fear. 
fact, they found that the fears can be transmitted to our kids without direct communication by our stress levels, just by our nonverbal communication, just by the way we handle things when things go wrong, which is why at these times that we're dealing with things like the coronavirus, we really need to stop and check ourselves. How much worry, how much fear, how much stress is it causing in our lives? And are our kids picking up on that and becoming like us and internalizing these high levels of stress and worry and concern? Casual concern is great, but when we begin to think about it, over and over again, when it keeps us up at night, when we find ourselves talking about it a lot, obsessing over getting the latest news, we may have gone too far with our worry, our concern, and our fear. Does this mean we should take the blind faith approach like that church that just got shut down in the state because it was gathering in spite of the order not to have 200 people because we live in faith and God can protect us? I'm not sure that's what God desires either. So there's a fine balance in between, and this is where our relationship with God needs to come in. Many years, I struggled in this area in terms of justice, in terms of right and wrong. It really bothered me when I saw injustice going on in the Christian world, and oftentimes that would lead me to get negative. It would lead me to get frustrated. It would cause me to withdraw. And God's done a work in my heart in that area, and it's a similar work that he needs to do in our hearts when it comes to things like the coronavirus, where we have a healthy sense of understanding and recognition of the danger, but we also have a stronger faith in God that allows us to give our lives into his hands, our kids' lives into his hands. Does this mean we don't take precautions, we don't wash our hands, we don't abide by some the social distancing rules and, and all of these other things? Absolutely not. But it does mean that we live free of the anxiety, the worry, the concern that we can transmit into our kids and create a phobia that could become debilitating to them, especially if they get a phobia of germs or a phobia of illness. These are things we just can't avoid in life. And if they develop a phobia in this time, it literally will become debilitating for them in their ability to get out and experience and enjoy life. So what is fear and what can we do to manage our fears as well as help our kids manage their fear? And that's what we're going to be talking about in the rest of the program. And again, it's important to recognize that according to psychology today, fear is a vital response to physical and emotional danger that has been pivotal throughout our development. If people didn't fear, they would not be able to protect themselves from legitimate threats, which often had life or death consequences in historical times. According to Psychology Day, in the modern world, the stakes are lower. Although public speaking, elevators, spiders generally don't present immediate dire consequences, some individuals still develop extreme fight, flight, or freeze responses to specific objects or scenarios. In fact, according to an article from the Smithsonian on fear in the brain, one in four people experience some form of anxiety disorder during their life, and nearly 8% experience post-traumatic stress disorder of some type related to fear. In fact, the fear response in the brain triggers chemicals that are released in our body that literally helps our body prepare for a fight-or-flight response. In fact, it makes adjustments in our body that makes our body more aware and more efficient. 
the brain becomes hyper alert, our pupils dilate, our bronchial tubes dilate, our breathing accelerates, heart and blood pressure respond, all allowing us to have more abilities to fight or flight. But living in constant fear puts our body under an incredible strain. It's not healthy long-term, and right now we're dealing with one of these long-term threats that can cause us to be up at night, worried, stressed out, fearful. And when we're fearful, we tend to be more reactive with those around us. All of these things can help transmit our fear to our kids. In the article, How to Help Children Manage Fears, Ray Jacobson says this, Fears are an inescapable part of being a kid. Hiding behind the couch during a thunderstorm, being sure there's something in the closet, a monster, performing those endless gymnastics to avoid bedtime, five more minutes, one more glass of water. It's because fears are a normal part of childhood that it's really important for us as parents to consider how the coronavirus is impacting our kids. Do they have fear? Are they developing a heightened fear, an extreme fear of germs, which is something we don't want to create in our kids. And it's why we need to be really self-aware and know how we're responding and reacting. If we freak out because our kids don't wash their hands or they touch their face, if we react strong ways to things that are going on as a result of the coronavirus, our kids will pick up on it and it can drive fear deep into their soul to the point where it can become unhealthy, which is why it's so important for us to take a few breaths, to stop, to pray, to trust, to release our fear, and to believe that great things are possible in spite of all the unprecedented craziness that seems to be going on around us. I mean, it's weird when you walk into the grocery store and most of the shelves are bare. That can bring up anxiety and fear. How am I going to feed my kids? But if we take our kids into the store with us and they watch us react and we react really strongly or we begin talking about it obsessively, it can create that increased worry and fear in them. And they're probably already fearful, which is why we're going to talk about how do we help our kids manage their fears when we come back after a short break. We certainly don't want the coronavirus to get the best of us, and we don't want it to create long-term issues fears, and phobias for our kids. Thanks for joining me for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott. We'll be back to talk about fear and how we can help our kids manage it in the midst of this crazy coronavirus when we come back in just a couple of minutes. Often I'm asked, why does Revive Family provide its resources for free? Revive Family is a nonprofit, and we don't want money to get in the way of parents, families, or kids seeking assistance. Jesus didn't charge for his teaching and healing, and so neither do we. Rather, we choose to walk by faith, believing that those who benefit from the resources and are able to will make donations to pay it forwards, helping us continue to serve as many families as possible. I say thank you to those of you who have made one-time contributions or have become monthly supporters of Revive Family. You make all we do to help parents and kids possible. Thank you. Hey, a lot of us have extra downtime as a result of the coronavirus. Since we all want to be great parents and we want to raise amazing kids that will go out and make a difference in the world, why not use some of the extra time in a productive way that can take our mind off the worries and concerns that we're talking about during this program about fear 
and invest it in taking our online influential parenting program. It will radically change your perspective of your kids and yourself and how you can parent and enjoy the journey of parenting even into and throughout adolescence. It's 15 short 7 to 14 minute sessions are easy to digest and The best part is when you get towards the end, you'll get invited to a parent support phone call where you can ask your questions and we can interact about what's going on with your kids. Those calls will encourage you as you go through the implementation process you download at the end of the class that will literally draw your kids into the process of creating a change in the family culture to bring it to a more joyful, happy, peaceful place. So take the time that you have given the coronavirus, invest it in influential parenting today. Go to revivefamily.com. The class, the program, the calls, they're all free. Head to revivefamily.com, click on influential parenting online and get started today. I look forward to talking to you on one of the parent support phone calls and have a great day in spite of all that's going on with the coronavirus. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we're talking about fear in light of the coronavirus and how the worry, the concerns, the fears we have are legitimate. But if we live in an extreme place of fear, it causes things to happen physiologically with our bodies that over the long term aren't healthy for our bodies. And the big concern is that we transmit unhealthy levels of fear to our kids related to germs, related to illnesses, related to the coronavirus. And we've been talking about the nature of fear, the nature of faith in fear, and now we're talking about how do we help our kids learn to manage their fears. And that's what we're going to continue with as we continue this program on fear and the coronavirus. And as we mentioned before the break, if we react strongly when our kids don't wash their hands, if they don't wash their hands well or they touch their face, it will make them extremely more fearful of the potential danger of the coronavirus. And it could push them towards a phobia. When our kids encounter normal fears like bedtime fears and lights out fears, those types of things, thunderstorm fears, it's natural for us to try and soothe or comfort our kids by saying things like, there's nothing under the bed, I promise. But what this article we've been looking at, how to help our children manage their fears, indicates is that we don't always want to be there and jump in and try and soothe or dismiss our kids' fears because it's vital for them to learn at a young age how to manage their fears. Why is this important? Because teaching our kids to manage their fears without our intervention or help will help them build confidence and independence, will enable them to feel more in control and less afraid. And bottom line, it sets them up to succeed in their future. And so as we go through these steps that we can do to help our kids learn to manage our fears, it can also help us learn to manage ours, especially related to this crazy situation going on with the coronavirus. In the article, it talks about self-regulation and getting our kids to self-regulate is a way to help our kids start feeling braver. According to the article, the key is an invisible skill called self-regulation. Self-regulating is essentially the ability to process and manage our own emotions and behaviors in a healthy way. It's what gives us the ability to talk ourselves down, to feel strong emotions without acting on them. Presents us as parents a great question. Are we able to manage our emotions, talk ourselves down without acting on strong emotions? 
This question is a great question to ask ourselves and to ponder. Are we able to process our emotions without reacting, acting on them? And this really ties to the series I'm interrupting to do this program on fear, which is discovering our patients. It's a four program series on patients that looks at it from many different angles. So if your answer to the question is, no, I'm not really good at processing my emotions without acting on them then that series might be a great series to listen to at our site, revivefamily.com. Go to podcasts and you can find it there. Obviously, many grown-ups practice self-regulation without a second thought. Stop with me for a second and think of a moment of fear you experienced and what you did in that moment. Some of us stop and take some deep breaths. We ask ourselves some questions to assess whether the fear is warranted or not. And then we take the necessary precautions or steps to be safer. But if all of a sudden our fear or the thoughts or worries we have take over, we can overreact. We can become panicked. We can see things like our child getting hurt and overreact and actually drive fear deeper into them around whatever went wrong that caused them to get hurt, which means we're not self-regulating well. This, of course, is where kids go almost all the time because they need to build self-regulation skills. They need practice. They need space to learn, according to the article, which means parents have to get comfortable with letting kids be a little uncomfortable as they figure things out. In the case of the coronavirus, it means we can't be harping on it all the time with them, the washing the hands, everything else. We can't be micromanaging them to make sure they don't get sick or we're not giving them the space they need to process and grow and learn in this area of processing this whole worrisome thing of the coronavirus. And what we need to realize is that fears are a normal, healthy part of life and especially of growing up. So there's a fine balance between jumping in all the time whenever our kids start to encounter difficulty or stress or fear because a lot of the things that they get fearful of aren't that serious. So we can let them learn to process and grow in that. It means we need to relax and step back and not feel like we need to fix everything all the time for our kids because truly we can't protect them from all harm. And if we manage to do that while they're growing up, they're not going to be ready to manage difficult situations on their own when they leave our homes. So with the coronavirus and all the worries and concerns and things kids could be fearful of right now because they're picking up on their parents' fear of losing their job, their parents' fear of the stock market crashing, the parents' fear of the germ and the bug itself, the parents' fear of the economy and what that might mean in the future. There's a lot of things that our kids could be picking up on from us. In these situations, the goal, according to the article, is to gently guide kids along until they're ready to take the reins themselves. We want to provide them basically a plan or a scaffolding so that they can stand on their own when it comes to confronting difficult things and fear. So what's the best way to help? It's to validate and move on, which is something maybe we need to do ourselves, is validate the worry and concern and recognize that it's real, but then move on by taking it to the Lord in prayer and moving on with our lives. A sense of peace and hope that the Holy Spirit really can provide in us when we stopped relying on ourselves, when we stop believing we have to get it all done ourselves, and we truly let go and let God. So, This would be a great time to ask your kids, do you think I'm fearful of this coronavirus? Or do you think I'm fearful of losing my job? And see what they say. We can even follow up with questions 
Like, do you think I'm handling it well? Do you think I'm living in faith in this? And more important questions like, is my fear worrying you? Is it causing you to be fearful? Along with questions like, what are you hearing? What are your concerns, worries? Are you fearful and why? When our kids share their fears, we need to validate them. It's legitimate, but then move on according to the article. We can't stay there and dwell on them because we'll be teaching them to stay in that place of fear and dwell on them as well, which can and will lead to a phobia. We definitely shouldn't minimize or dismiss their feelings by saying things like, oh, come on, that wasn't scary. Instead, we need to go, wow, that sounds scary. I know a lot of kids worry about that. In the case of the coronavirus, wow, I, yeah, it is a bit scary, isn't it? It seems like everybody in the world is fearful of this bug, but we don't need to be. According to the article, once you've offered some reassurance and validated their feelings, it's really important to move on because we don't want them to dwell on it. We can say we don't need to be because God is here for us. We're taking the proper precautions. This is why it's important for you to wash your hands, and it's why we're not going into town as much. If we handle it casually and we reassure them appropriately, it will help them learn to become braver in the face of scary emotional things, which is a great thing because braveness means we don't feel trapped. We don't feel hurt. We don't need to react. We can respond strategically as opposed to react, which often leads to the wrong decisions being made in the times of crisis. And I know this all too well because at one point I was a volunteer firefighter. I was an EMT and worked on an ambulance. I've been part of Sheriff Search and Rescue. The reason we do all the training is so that when we get into a crisis situation, we don't react. Fear doesn't come in because that will cause us to make the wrong decisions. If you notice when firefighters or EMTs pull up to a medical scene where there's all sorts of craziness going on, they're not running. They're not panicking. They're grabbing their equipment deliberately, they're moving deliberately and swiftly, but they're not running, they're not panicking. So one of the things we can do is make a plan. We can work with our child to set reasonable goals around their fears, according to the article. So let's say your kid has a fear of the dark and doesn't want the door shut and doesn't want the lights off at night. Guide them by asking strategic questions like, do you like this fear? Would you like to get rid of this fear? Can we make a plan to start conquering this fear? Shown that one of the best ways to get over fears is to put yourself in that situation repeatedly until the fear fades away. Would you like to make a plan together to get over this fear? Then assemble a plan with your child towards getting over that specific fear. Like tonight, let's read two books, Turn Off the Light, turn on the nightlight, and then sit there quietly with them for a period of time until they fall asleep. Then night two, read one book, then turn off the lights with the nightlight on, and then leave the door cracked but not wide open, but be right outside the room in case their fear comes back. Then night three, read one book, turn on the nightlight, and then close the door. And then fourth night, read one book, then lights out, no nightlight, and close the door, gradually taking steps towards conquering that fear. Of course, we need to expect them to maybe step back in the process and have patience for that and be comforting and say, okay, let's take one step back and try that again and then take one step forwards the next night. 
it doesn't have to be a hard and fast plan, just a plan that they're understanding where they're going. And in that process, they're building braveness each day. They know what's coming. They're processing, they're thinking, they're learning, and they're growing. So now it's time to really talk to your kids. Ask them questions about how they think you're doing handling this crazy situation of the coronavirus. I asked my son the other day, so do you sense that I'm fearful at all about the coronavirus? And my son said no. So ask them the questions about how they perceive how you're doing with handling the fears, the worries, the concerns. Ask them how their sense of you is impacting them. And then ask them, do you have fears? Get them talking about it. And then if they're really beginning to develop a strong fear of germs, the coronavirus, of getting ill, help them begin to conquer that. Build a plan that would involve some prayer, that would involve some faith steps. Of course, I'm not saying have them go out like some of these crazy people and lick things out in public. Help them to place their trust in God for their protection in this time. Help them learn to build bravery so that they are not gripped or controlled by fear. These are unprecedented times in which we live. There's lots of things to worry and be concerned about, but let's not let our fears get transmitted to our kids in an unhealthy way. Thanks for joining me for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We'll be back next week with the last program on patience, empowering patients today, things we can do right away while we work on some of the longer-term projects we talked about earlier in the series. That's it for this edition of Revive Families Connecting Hearts with Jeff Schott. We'll return again soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Revive Families Connecting Hearts is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support. 